listening to the SNE ICB podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the SNE ICB podcast. My name is James Catton and I'm a physician associate working in SNE. In this episode, I wanted to find out a bit more about the new NHS Reservist Scheme, which hopes to recruit hundreds of people to support our local health service. So I was really lucky to talk to Sarah Kench, who is the Reservist Programme Manager for Suffolk and North East Essex. So let's get started on the episode. The NHS Chief Executive, Amanda Pritchard, urged the public to enlist as an NHS reservist last year. At that time, there were a wide range of opportunities available for people to help, including assisting people who were being discharged from hospital or as part of the vaccination programme for COVID. So successful was this reservist programme that it's now being made a permanent fixture in the NHS. Local hospitals and NHS services can call on the NHS reservist community depending on their staffing requirements and pressures in their area, creating a bank of extra resource for when it is needed. Since its initial pilot launch at five sites last year, there are now more than 17,000 people joined up on the NHS Reservist Scheme nationally. No previous experience is necessary with full training provided, and NHS Reservists will be paid in line with the role that they're doing. So, to find out more, I started by asking Sarah to explain exactly what the NHS reservists are. Our reservists are basically an additional layer of staff on top of our substantive staff, on top of our bank staff, our temporary workers, where we know that there are often gaps. When the NHS is really challenged, there are often still gaps in staffing. And the NHS reservist is is another layer of staffing to support in times of need. So the NHS reservists were initially piloted through the pandemic by NHS England. Many staff may remember right at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a scheme called the Bring Back Staff campaign. And that was all about bringing ex-retired NHS staff back into the workplace to support uh, healthcare services during the pandemic. And from that, uh, NHS England decided to pilot NHS reserves. Since 1909, if my history is right, we've had reservists in our armed forces and Our TA works really well supporting our substantive armed forces um, as an integral part of the country's defence. So maybe NHS England felt that they could utilise some of that knowledge and experience and do something similar. And so the NHS Reservists programme was piloted in a number of systems around England very successfully. The nearest to us was the Norfolk and Waveney system, which were really the trailblazers um, and have been going um, over two years now and have been very successful supporting their four acute trusts with additional staff. So the Reservists programme being rolled out now across all systems and I came into post in August last year and obviously spent quite a few weeks looking at how other systems were running the reservist programme. Then probably in October last year we launched our social media and marketing and recruitment campaign to recruit NHS reservists. We are collaborating in our system with NHS professionals who are hosting our NHS reservists. So for all intents and purposes, those reservists are employed by NHS professionals in exactly the same way as a bank person would be. They go through all the same 
check HR checks and compliance checks that any NHSP applicant would would go through. We're doing it slightly different with West Suffolk Hospital. Uh, West Suffolk Foundation Trust are doing the reservist programme through their own internal staff bank. So how our reservists will come to us is they will complete an expression of interest form. They are then invited to attend a screening conversation, which is an informal interview to uh, find out a little bit about themselves, find out what their background is and um, find out what they know about the reservist programme to check really what their skill set is and whether the reservist is right for them. So from that point, then, depending on where they work, we want to work within our system, whether it's uh, in East Suffolk or North Essex, which would come under SNF, they would get then referred to NHS professionals. Or if they want to work in West Suffolk, then they would get referred to West Suffolk professionals um, bank team. And then they get on borders in the the normal way. Um, And just to give you some stats, um, at this point, we have had over a thousand expressions of interest from the public, and about seventy have already worked shifts um, in either Colchester or Ipswich hospitals, as well as the community hospitals. Uh, for West Suffolk, there there has been uh, forty-five referred to West Suffolk professionals, and they're currently going through on an onboarding process. But these can be staff from people from all walks of life. So everything from retired nurses and registrants, you know, pharmacists, paramedics, um, to care workers who want to get into hospital setting, people who came back in the pandemic and worked in our vaccine programmes across our system and have really enjoyed being back. Some of them were on the temporary register, like the NMC temporary COVID register, but decided to go back onto the register permanently. Um, But aside from that, we've also had a huge number of completely non-clinical applicants who come from all walks of life, from chief execs of charities to BT staff, uh, cabin crew with BA, all kinds of people with all kinds of experience, really. And I think that's been the most amazing thing is the the calibre of applicants that we've had, the people who've just wanted to help their local NHS services has just been really amazing. And not only do they come from all groups of walks of life, but they also come with different reasons for wanting to be a reservist. So some are, as I said, ex registrants, clinical registrants or ex-HCAs or NHS staff who want to just come back and don't feel quite ready to kind of retire and never um, and do nothing. We've got students from the University of Essex. We've had a lot of those who want to do it because it's a really good way of earning extra money, some of which are some of whom are doing healthcare related courses at Essex but some who are doing completely different things like uh, artificial intelligence, but, you know, want to join the reservists as this is a re- would be really good experience for them and also um, a good way to, you know, top up their student income. In the middle of that, we've also got people who just who are, are, have current careers and are interested in 
in a career in healthcare and see this as a way of putting their toe in the water. So I think there will be, I really get a sense that there will be some permanent recruitment come from the reservist programme and that people, that there will be people who maybe have a career in banking at the moment, for example, but just want to do something different and want that. That is the really interesting thing about the reservist is that people are coming with all from all walks of life with all different life experiences and have all different reasons why they want to be reservists but it's been really quite amazing so far it made a lot of sense to me thinking about things like the territorial army in the armed forces or special constables in the police service so next i asked sarah if she could explain what sort of work the nhs reservists are likely to do in their roles Currently, the majority of our reservists are, are going to be working in, in a ward helper role. So the ward helper is a non-clinical role. And, and basically, they do all the things that um, all the odd jobs around a ward or depart, clinical department that need to be done that doesn't need someone with healthcare or, or care experience. So there's no hands-on patient care. There's no um, toileting or feeding patients or moving and handling. But there are so many jobs in, a, in awards that still need to be done. And quite often this will be the healthcare assistants who would pick this up. So when you're short of healthcare assistants, which quite often our, our clinical areas are, if those jobs can be taken off them, that means that they can get on looking after the patients. So this might be things like everything from stocking up the linen cupboard running errands for the nurses. So it might be popping down to pharmacy and picking up some medication. It might be popping next door to pick up a piece of equipment that they need to borrow. It could be getting a bed space ready for the next patient. And obviously we know that there's a, you know, there's a need to turn around our bed spaces really quickly. And so if actually there's someone else who can strip and wash down a bed and remake it ready for the next patient, then that's one less thing that the clinical staff have to do. They could be doing basic admin tasks, supporting the ward clerk. They could be doing um, sorting out the stores when they arrive. There's so many things, but it could also be making sure that when the host ward host isn't around, that that patients' water jugs are topped up. Making sure that you know visitor patients who don't get visitors are having you know are getting conversation, helping someone with their mobile phone. There's so many things that on a ward that need doing, but actually don't necessarily need a clinical person to do it. So that's really where the ward helpers, and certainly um, SNFT have, have embraced the ward helpers, and I said over 70 are working already. The feedback has been really, really good. And, you know, once the wards get to know what a ward helper can and can't do, um, and we've done an induction booklet that they take with them for their first few shifts, which explains this is what a ward helper can do, this is what they can't do. And that has been a real hit, which is great. So you've got the ward helpers, which is probably the bulk of our reservists, but then you've also got um, potentially got care workers who want to work as a healthcare assistant. Um, you've got uh registrant registrants who want to work but in those cases I will match them up with specific departments so they will undertake a shadow shift and then they um, will work within a specific department so particularly for our registrants it's really much on a person-to-person -person basis matching their skill set um, and that's probably where it differs to a bank person. A bank person will just cover an RN shift, for example, that's that's vacant, whereas um, 
the um, reservist shifts are going to be a lot more bespoke and try and match their match their experience really to the right department. I was really beginning to see the use of the NHS reservists and imagining how we might use people with these sorts of skills across different parts of the NHS. But I was wondering if there was a plan to expand the NHS reservists into other parts of the NHS, thinking things like GP surgeries, ambulance trusts, mental health services and community services. So ideally, yes, that's the plan. Um, Initially, uh, we concentrated on the two acute trusts. But primary care are really, really keen to evolve. And I have got staff who are have got reservists who have got primary care experience, everything from a few practice nurses to GP receptionists. Um, You know, I've got healthcare assistants who've worked in GP practice. So I'm really keen and I'm working on a solution at the moment to be able to utilise those skills. But also, you know, hopefully to support, you know, vaccine programmes potentially, Um, and anywhere else that, and I have already had discussions as well with East of England. Um, So I'd like to think that the reservist programme will eventually be able to support temporary staffing needs across the system. Next, I asked Sarah how the NHS reservist scheme might help people gain work experience into the healthcare sector and possibly be a way into a career in healthcare for some. And Sarah said that she had a few examples to share. I've got a couple of really good examples of where the reservist is, um, the potential of the reservist. So um, I've got a reservist who has been working as a ward helper in Ipswich, um, quite a young guy who um, had worked in an office previous, had an office job previous to this but had always aspired to potentially having a career in healthcare. Um, And within working a few shifts as a ward helper and getting exposure to a clinical environment, which he'd not had before, he's now applied to do his nurse training. So that was a, you know, that's a really good example of where the reservist programme can, you know, potentially used as as a recruitment tool, you know, for the longer term. Um, I also had another good example was at Colchester. Um, I had a lady who uh, was a very, had been a very experienced speech language therapist um, and had moved away from the area and her registration had since lapsed. Um, she's now come back into the speech and language therapy team um, as a non, in a non-registered role, but obviously with years and years of experience as a speech and language, registered speech and language therapist, and is now working three days a week at Colchester in a supportive role. And when I mentioned her to the head of speech and language, I got hand bitten off because to have to be able to utilize that much knowledge and experience was you know a great asset for them and they were like absolutely all oh, when when can she start um and so again that's another example of it's just being a bit more creative than you would with a bank person you know it's about and that goes back to what i was saying about matching up people's knowledge and experience 
you know, there are so many people out there, particularly registrants or registrants who've just lapsed, who who don't feel quite ready to retire yet, who want to continue, you know, using their, their knowledge and all their years of experience in a way to support their NHS, which they've probably been employed in for 30 or 40 years. And the reservist programme is a really great way of doing that. Finally, I asked Sarah whether there were any minimum hours requirements or expectations of working as an NHS reservist. So from a reservist perspective, um, we ask that a reservist commit to 20 days a year, which is 150 hours. Um, so that only equates to a couple of months. The whole point of the reservist programme is that they're utilised in times of need. So the chances are that may be more in winter time than than we need in the summer. But yes, the idea of reservists is that it's flexible. It can, you know, a lot of my reservists have other jobs or they're retired, they're very busy and they're retired and they've got other commitments. Um, some of them volunteer and do other things within their community. Um, and a mix of, you know, and as I said, some of our reservists are students um, at our university, one of our universities. So um, the idea of the reservists is that it's, and the beauty of that is that it is truly flexible. You work when you want and you don't when you don't want to. So 20 days in a year really is not, uh, is not very much. The other thing I would probably say is, this, so they all have to do standard uh, e-learning before they, uh, as an NHS professional or the same training for West Suffolk, they would do the standard bank training that anybody would be required to do before deployment. So it's things like infection control, health and safety, non-patient manual handling, all of those kind of elements that they get at a basic level before they can be deployed. Um, but the other thing to say is really what I'm really trying to create is the feeling that they're part of a team. So first of all, they have their own uniform, the uh, polo shirt. Uh, so for our ward helpers, so our non-clinical roles, they wear a grey polo shirt with our we are reservist, which is the national logo, and our uh, SNE logo. Um, and our clinical reservists wear the same but in grey scrubs um, so that they're distinctive. Um, with a reservist lanyard as well. And one of the things that we're doing is we're doing weekly drop-in sessions with them um, so that they can start talking to each other, they can share their experiences. It's an opportunity for them to ask each other lots of questions. But what I want to do is really try, try and create a feeling that they're part of a team. You know, the overwhelming majority of them are, I've had a really good experience since they've been deployed and um, since they've worked. Some have found that the ward staff don't know what they are or who they are when they arrive. But as time goes on and more and more of them deployed, we, you know, that will improve. Um, and most of them have been really, really busy from the start of their shift to the end of their shift, which is great. Now, if you're interested in finding out more about the NHS Reservist Programme, I asked Sarah where she'd point people towards to find out more information. So we have a web page, Suffolk and northeastessex.icb.nhs.uk forward slash reservists. And we're all over Facebook and Twitter. Or they can email me, sarah.kench at sne.nhs.uk. That's all from me for now. Thanks for listening to this episode all about the NHS reservists.
And don't forget to join my colleagues from the ICB comms team for the next episode of The Briefing. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me again next time. Thanks for listening to the SNE ICB podcast.